Hello and welcome to another episode of Focal Point. Um, today I'm joined by Philip Wright. Um, so just to kick things off, um, would you mind just introducing yourself and perhaps giving us a summary of your current role? Sure, yeah, so thanks very much for inviting me. Very excited to be here. So my name is Philip Wright. I'm the European COO uh, for PJT Partners. Uh, I joined PJT in August uh, 2019. Um, so the role um, really entails working with the, the uh, heads of the business for M&A and restructuring in uh, Europe and also supporting our private equity hedge fund and real estate capital raising businesses within Park Hill for Europe. Uh, I also touch on supporting the same business lines in Hong Kong as well. But that's not actually my title. That's great. And you know, just to perhaps like add on to that, um, would you mind like taking us perhaps through your journey? Um, you know, from graduating from university um to like ending up at PJT Partners today. Oh well, yeah, so I graduated from Nottingham Business School in two thousand and three um, and joined the uh, grad scheme in in the corporate finance team of UBS Investment Bank uh, in London uh, late on that year. I um, was in that role in the team, the deal team, for just short of, uh, just over a year actually. Uh, and then my boss became head of the, the European Investment Bank of Business. And I then basically moved to work with him in a strategic role on business strategy, business planning, um, and helping you know, in this more management capacity. So pretty much since then, I've worked in similar sorts of roles. Um, initially, you know, as I said, in investment banking at UBS for a number of people, you know, well-known in the market under people such as Ken Molis, who was currently head of, who was previously, sorry, head of uh, uh, global investment banking at UBS. And then just as the crash hit, actually, I moved into the, management suite so into the you know the chief exec chief exec of the investment bank into his office so the role moved from being more corporate finance focused to including sales and trading research uh, as well as the investment banking business and i was basically in that management office from 2007 through to uh 2013 so all through the crash uh, as we went through the crash and came out of the crash and repositioned the business, understanding where all the risk was, was in similar was in a, in the strategy team of the US investment bank through that. And then moved into across a number of different management and the strategy roles across the investment bank and across all the UBS. So then working across asset management, wealth management, on how we kind of move the bank forward. Um, and yeah, and very much positioning myself to try and find a similar role to one I found, which is you know, to become COO of a business um, that would uh, you know bring all these different tenants together uh, to kind of deliver and be able to understand how you run a company overall. That's great. And um, you know, you mentioned the transition from perhaps just working in like you know investment banking to more of like a management role. Um, as that's come with seniority, um, you know, how did you handle this transition? Um, did it, was it something that was more of like just a natural transition, or was it more something like a new challenge or like a new chapter? 
I think myself personally, I'd always been interested in strategy of of, um, of a business more broadly. And, you know, first and foremost, that, that was why I went into corporate finance, you know, being able to work with companies and understand, you know, the strategic direction and the best, I guess, you know, potential M&A or strategic options for them as companies. But actually, you know, even within the role, I, I started finding myself more interested in how we were organized as a business ourselves um so for me to move into that sort of business management of the firm was quite natural uh because that's where my interest had lied so and i wasn't finding that well i guess in a way i was finding a specific interest from an industry perspective because i was interested in banks and fig um but um you know so the transition for me was relatively easy and, and I felt that I was going to be working for some people that I enjoyed working with you know, and I, I saw a kind of path for myself in that in that direction so you know I'd say for me it was a relatively early easy early and easy move into this sort of role um, but I uh, you know clearly had to go through that journey for myself. As a member of uh, you know, the C-suite at PGT Partners um, you know, how do you work and collaborate with either the CEO or the CFO or like the rest of the C-suite? Um, you know, what's the dynamic like? Yeah, so PJT has a, a relatively, I guess, narrow um, structure and quite certainly from a corporate perspective. So from a European perspective, you know, I am I'm the COO. We do have a CFO in Europe. Um, and then we actually don't have another C-suite title, if you like, within Europe. The rest of the corporate, corporate C-suite sits in the US. And a large part of my role, because no, no, my role didn't exist at PJT before I came to do it. So they actually, the, the way that the business was growing, they felt that they needed somebody in that, that position who was going to sit across the business. And I, and I guess another part of my role as, as additional to supporting the heads of the business is also to work across our corporate functions so finance hr legal compliance ip to kind of package that offering together to make it work in tandem with what the business needs so i work you know constantly with our corporate colleagues in europe to try and make sure that that operates you know as it should as a european corporate organization and then regularly you know work with our uh, us global corporate head so you now i report into the global coo reports into our global managing partners so it's a very short line and a lot of regular dialogue and you know involvement in decision making and you know i think pjt has a business which is five and a half years old just over that now still a relatively new business it's important that they kind of continue that entrepreneurial spirit and i think by putting somebody in a european CRO role what they were enabling was to know that there was somebody there who was kind of thinking more strategically and from a more management perspective in my role while allowing the business to get on and do what it needs to do. Um, you mentioned, you know, PJT partners, you know, the growth that they've experienced on, um, you know, PJT are growing. Um, so as a result of that, you know, what are the challenges of working in such a, you know, fast growing environment? Um, but also, what, what do you prefer about it if you do? Um, you know, how does this compare to perhaps working out with a larger, um, you know, more static 
you know, more established firm like a, like a UBS. Yeah, I, I think, well, all firms and all companies have their positives and negatives and challenges. I'll, I'll be perfectly frank with you. Having been at PJT just short of two years, I, I, I ha- I'm not really finding those. I haven't found the negatives yet. So, you know, there are definitely challenges, I guess, in working in a fast-growing environment. But, you know, I would say that when I joined UBS at the time, and like I said, was working for, I, w- I was probably working for and with, certainly over that time of work with, a number of senior bankers who since then have gone on to start their own firms, right? Um, and very, very well-known firms. And at the time I, when I joined UBS, there was a lot of investment and a lot of excitement about a growing business. Um, and, you know, it was a very exciting place to be. You know, having said all of that, you know, PJT is, you know, something slightly different. We're actually starting a business there. You know, everyone that joins is kind of bringing something to it in terms of ideas, you know, uh, a, a philosophy about how we work and how we work with clients and how individuals want to be treated. Um, you know, but and, and there are challenges, you know, I guess the main one being it's a relatively unknown name in the market or certainly was prior to me joining, um, which came with challenges, whether it be hiring or with clients. But. We're definitely overcoming that, you know, and I think um, hopefully from what your your guys' class here and the ones before you and the ones after you are seeing is that it is the kind of organisation that you want to join because it offers you lots of opportunities to really, as I say, define a business, which is going to be around for quite some time, I'd imagine. Yeah, I totally agree in the sense that, um, you know, many, many young undergraduates who are looking at the world of finance as a potential career um you know many of them have expressed interest in pjt partners and particularly well renowned for its like the structuring practice um so i mean you know just building on that you know what's the outlook for pjt like in the uk but also just in europe in general um but for like you know i don't know maybe like the next five ten years um you know what's it, what's the vision and or the plan yeah, I mean, I would say definitely um, on that topic, you know, Paul Taubman did our, our recent uh, earnings release and in that gave a really good insight in terms of his view, in terms of out of the business. Um, so definitely advise people to have a listen to that. You know, that's obviously a global view, but, you know, touches on some important parts. But in, with regards to Europe and, and the rest of the business, I think, you know, as I said, it's it's a new business. It's growing, and as you as you rightfully pointed out, it has a very well established and well renowned um, restructuring business, uh, and also as part of the you know the the creation of PJT came with the private equity fundraising business and the broader fundraising business, which is leading in the world. Right, so these are two leading franchises in the world that were there when we started this business, and the, you know the strength of the M and A business is kind of evident in in our results over the last couple of years. I think in 2019, we managed, we ranked ninth in M&A league tables globally of all advisors. And for a business that was at the time not even five years old, that's a tremendous achievement. And, you know, I think we're definitely building on that continually. So that's extremely exciting when you talk about what we've been able to achieve. Not that we particularly base ourselves off the league tables, but you know, it's just a great achievement. So, 
the reality is, is that it's a growing business and it's still there's still a lot to do and optimize in terms of how the model works, cost advisory, restructuring, capital raising. You know, we we um, acquired the Camberview shareholder advisory business two years ago, which you know is phenomenal in terms of the track record it has of advising boards on um, difficult situations and difficult shareholder situations. You know, so much potential there. So, and all of that, you know, is, is global um, global opportunity. No, you know, there's no the way that PJC operates. It very much builds the business on a global basis. We don't really, you know, single out particular um, areas to say well, we're going to do this in the US and not in Europe or in Asia. We're, you know, the, the full process is very much to try and build the platform out globally to offer that to clients and you know that's what we've done up to now in the, in the most thoughtful way possible uh, and i think we'll continue to do and you know just just touching on you know the topic of you know pjt's you know, advisory what do you believe to be the key differentiators you know of your firm but not just in terms of you know the service provided but also you know the environment the culture and you know just the the atmosphere that's present, you know, within the office. I mean, obviously, virtually, but you know, metaphorically, the metaphoric, metaphorical, sorry, office. Uh, in terms of key differentiators, I mean, so, so one one of the you know, important things to remember about PJT compared to many, well, which is which is similar to many other firms, but many and most of the bankers that are there are. Who have worked have worked at other bold bracket firms for a number of number of years and been extremely successful at those. And you know they're obviously bringing that expertise and those client relationships and the ability to you know bring something to the business when they when they come to BJP, which is you know extremely important for us in terms of having a baseline of you know a business to to actually execute on. So so that I think that's key. But then I think really and truly it's culture really and. And the fact that, you know, you'll often hear Paul and our management team say that we're building a firm for the future. Uh, we're building a firm to be innovative, which means that we're looking at, you know, we've got an eye on how other firms operate, whether they be big or small or what have you. But we're looking at how we can improve on that and how we can do things in a, in a you know, a more innovative and advancing way. Um, so, you know, I think it's... it's uh, uh, and then I guess the other additional differentiator is this mix of restructuring, advisory, capital raising, shareholder advisory. And when you think about the life cycle of a, of a company and a client, client that we work with, you know, to be able to advise on, you know, shareholder matters at the board level when, you know, we may have, they may have activist investors or they may have other topics around governance or you know, ESG that our um, shareholders are, the shareholders are raising with bulls to be able to advise on that, then, you know, to be able to move into the C-suite and give advice and on uh, M&A situations or capital markets advisory around, you know, best ways to raise cash or debt for a business. Um, and then also if they're running into, you know, difficult times as many companies have over the last year, be able to advise on debt advisory mandates or to restructure large balance sheets of debt in you know, a very technical way. And then actually when businesses are looking for um, you know, different investment from 
our capital raising business offers investors all sorts of different uh, you know platforms to work on so I think that that mixture of businesses is quite a differentiator when you look across the category. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of those things combined with culture of the business offer quite a, a different different offering. I mean, as we reach towards the tail end of you know, the conversation, um, just wanted to ask you perhaps um, you know, some questions, perhaps a bit more about um, your experiences in terms of like the personal side. So um, there were perhaps some of the most um, you know, unexpected experiences that you've had while working in this industry that you perhaps didn't really anticipate you know, to, to, to bump into when you were just entering um, something that kind of like, um, something unique that just you know, didn't really expect at all to be a thing in finance. Uh, I would say, generally, through my career, the thing that I've always found most surprising and encouraging has been the fact that I've, I've always been given opportunities to kind of find roles uh, to further my career and based off what I'm interested in. And actually, it's always been quite forthcoming with people to me where they've you know, they've needed people or they've needed help or something slightly changing in the business and they need someone to kind of think of it in a different way. And I think I've always found that very refreshing. Um, I've been very positive. You know, I given an opportunity to work in Tokyo for a couple of years, um, having been at UBS for, you know, only only three years at the time when they asked me to move there, uh, which was a fantastic opportunity. You know, I, fair enough, I had expressed an interest in in working in Asia, but you know that actually all came to fruition and was a great experience. Uh, and I've also always found very good mentors. And I think one of the things I, I always say to people is that I think there's an expectation that you'll always find mentors who will look and sound and, and have something in common with you. And that's certainly not been the case with me. Um, and they, but they've always been very good mentors to me, and they continue to be so. You know, I've always, I've always been quite blessed about the fact that that that's happened. Um, but not, can't think of too many situations where I've just been hugely surprised by something. And just to you know, wrap it up and building on you know the last answer. Um, you know, if you could perhaps speak to you know yourself when you were still studying at the University of Nottingham, but with the current knowledge that you have now, um, you know, what would you say? Um, would you do anything differently? Um, would you change your approach? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw, uh, I was thinking about this question before. I mean, I would think, you know, the key thing for people is to have, to do, do research about what they think they want to do, you know, what they think their skills give them, um, you know, what kind of career their skills may be best suited to. Uh, you know, and, and I did a fair amount of that before I before I even went to university, to be honest. So I would definitely advise people to do that, to you know, take the time to really think about what they want to do. But then also, you know, at the same time, to remember that kind of world's your oysters. So you know, what you may decide to do for a period of time doesn't, you know, necessarily have to be what you do for the be all and end all. You know, so long as you've got your education, it, it allows you to be flexible on that basis. So. Uh, clearly, most of your guys will be in that position and of that mindset anyway. So, 
it's not really a concern, but I think it's just important that people, you know, have keep their options open, but at the same time do some form of, you know, planning and thought around what it is they want to achieve. Well, thank you very much for the you know, the insights provided today. Um, it's certainly been a rewarding conversation, and you know, we're very grateful you know, to have you in Focal Point. And I'm sure our listeners will you know find this very resourceful and very interesting. Great, thanks very much for having me. Hope you see. Thank you.